Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, thanks for tuning into the podcast again. Tired of your business's healthcare costs unpredictably increasing every year? Healthcare costs are typically a business's second or third line item expense. And if you're like most employers, it's an expense that's growing faster than your revenue. Luckily for employers, Novetta Health has the solution. Novetta Health is a full-service healthcare consulting firm with proven strategies to lower your healthcare costs by up to 30% or more. They operate on a fee-for-service model and never mark up any of their medical or pharmaceutical claims. None of your employees have to leave their doctor or pharmacist either. Their health captive and pharmacy benefit manager are the most cost-effective and transparent solutions in the whole country. What they do is not magic. It's just honest. So if you're tired of overspending on health insurance and want to learn more, visit outcomesrocket.health slash save for a free spend analysis to see how you too could save by switching to Novetta Health. That's outcomesrocket.health slash save for your free spend analysis. Outcomesrocket.health slash save. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have the privilege of hosting Liam Kaufman. He's the CEO and co-founder at Winterlight Labs. They are commercializing a proprietary language-based diagnostic system that analyzes natural speech to direct monitor dementia, Alzheimer's, aphasia, and various other cognitive conditions. Winterlight's scalable platform uses short recorded speech samples to analyze hundreds of linguistic cues and can detect dementia and other conditions with a high level of accuracy. This is a major improvement over current pencil and paper tests, which are time-consuming, costly, and difficult to administer. The platform has applications in drug trials, long-term and primary care, and speech-language pathology. Liam has published peer-reviewed articles in cognitive neurology, human-computer interaction, and neuroscience. He's an experienced software developer and has successfully launched Understood It, a startup acquired by EventMobi, and featured in the Toronto Star, CTV News, and TechCrunch. Doing a lot in the space to improve outcomes, and that's why I wanted to get him on the podcast today. So Liam, want to give you a warm welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, did I leave anything out in the intro that you want to share with listeners? No, I think that was pretty comprehensive. Awesome. Glad to hear. So what is it that got you into the medical sector? Yeah, for sure. So I'm you know, really interested in this uh, intersection between medical science and computer science. I think you know, at this point, we're barely scratching the surface in what technology can do for medicine, what it can do for patients. And so I think over the next couple of years and over the next decade, you'll see huge impact on, on care. And, and it's just excited to be a part of that. That's really great. Yeah, you know, there's, there's definitely a lot going on lately. And uh, the improvements are exciting. If you had to call out anything in particular, Liam, what would you say is a hot topic that needs to be on health leaders agenda today? And how are you guys approaching it? Sure. I mean, I'm obviously pretty biased, but I'd say AI is a huge topic. And I think, you know, there's a lot of hype around AI. And, and so I sort of see two extremes in the industry. I see people, you know, who are very, very skeptical of, of new companies touting AI. And then I also see people that are, you know, sort of blindly excited about using AI. And, and I think ideally we'd be somewhere in the middle where, you know, people have a healthy level of skepticism, but at the same time, they, you know, educate themselves and understand, you know, just how AI works, how it can be plugged into their you know, current organization and how it can benefit the patient. And so as we dive into AI, in particular, you and your, and your team are, are interested in, in uh, voice 
And mm-hmm. so tell us a little bit more about what you guys are doing in that space and maybe some examples of how you guys are improving the outcomes needle on that. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, right now, the way that cognitive impairment is assessed or even psychiatric illness is often through either, you know, subjective assessments or incredibly time-consuming assessments or very expensive neuroimaging. So I think there's a lot of opportunity here to improve the diagnostic process. And so our observation was that the voice is really important for conveying cognition and mental health. I mean, on an on sort of like an informal basis, we know when someone sounds sort of tired or, you know, someone sounds sick or confused. And what we can do is we can actually use AI to pick up on all these little markers and we can use AI and algorithms to actually measure these markers objectively. And so to take sort of a concrete example, someone who has mild cognitive impairment that precedes Alzheimer's disease, they'll start to speak differently, you know, five to 10 years prior to a diagnosis. And so what they'll start to do is they'll start to forget people's names. So they'll use fewer nouns and they'll start to use more pronouns like he, she, etc. They'll use words that are less complicated. Instead of saying the word SUV or sedan, they might just say the word car because it's easier to remember. So we can you know, objectively quantify those observations. Then we can use AI to determine if they might be developing a condition or not. But we can also sort of measure the severity of the impairment using AI. That's pretty interesting. Just taking a look at some of those uh, trends and and what could be indicative of, of cognitive impairment. Super fascinating to learn and, and know that these things are being put into a computer and, and you know, into an algorithm. Tell us a little bit about uh, potentially, you know, one of your algorithms or, or an exercise that maybe didn't work out as well and some of the learnings that you came out with uh, that made you better. Sure. So I think one instance was more on the business development side. So when we first started commercializing the technology in 2015, we had a number of different thoughts on what or which verticals could benefit from this type of technology. So, you know, one might be senior care, another might be pharmaceutical companies. And so we had lined up this pitch with someone from a senior care company. And so I, you know, spent 40 minutes walking her through the technology, how it works, et cetera. And then at the very end of the pitch, she said, okay, why am I here? Um, And then there was, you know, silence in the room. And afterwards, I started to realize, and, you know, this is probably pretty obvious to, to most of your listeners, but, you know, when you pitch someone on a new technology, you really have to personalize that pitch. So they sort of get why you're talking to them, you know, how that technology can fit into their industry, how it can help them. And a week later, I actually had a pitch with someone in pharma. And because that pitch with that person in senior care failed so uh, miserably, I you know spent quite a bit of time personalizing the pitch for that pharma partner. And 25 months later, we actually closed that pharma company as, a, as our first customer. So I think for me, it was, it was sort of a failure in how I communicated the technology and sort of how I sort of educated that, that potential customer on, on the benefits of, of software. That's a great watch out. And uh, thanks for sharing that. You know, you don't always appreciate the the importance of doing that. You think that your customer knows exactly what you do. It's sort of the the, the curse of knowledge, right? You put them on the on the same platform that you are when really they're more like a one or a two on a scale of ten. 
So I think uh, this is a great learning, Liam, and, and you obviously found success when you corrected the way that you did things. Now you guys have been at it for a while. You got customers. Things are cranking. What would you say is one of your proudest leadership experiences? Yeah, so I think one of the, the, the proudest moments that we had was um, we had a very skeptical customer last year. And I alluded to this earlier in terms of AI, where you have people that are you know extremely skeptical or not skeptical at all. Um, this customer was definitely on sort of the skeptical end of the spectrum. So they really wanted to test our technology in sort of the most difficult way. And so the way that they did it is they provided a blinded data set. I can't go into sort of the specifics, but it was a much more difficult task than we had ever done before. It was blinded, so we didn't know who had mild cognitive impairment and who didn't. And there were some other parameters that made it a really challenging test. And so, you know, we weren't even sure if we wanted to do it just because it was a little bit outside of our wheelhouse. We ended up doing it and we ended up beating the baseline for that type of diagnostic by 25%. And we ended up signing a second deal. So that was, you know, really sort of exciting that we went from a point of sort of extreme skepticism, we overcame it, and we ended up signing a second deal. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. It's not easy to do. No. (laughs) Especially when it's out of your wheelhouse and you're having to push, push. And so what was the deciding factor there that made you say, you know what, I'm going to do it versus, you know what, this is not our area of expertise? I think it was close enough to our area of expertise. And I'm an optimist, and I think you have to be when you build a new business. And, and, and so I firmly believe that we could do it. So we ended up doing it and we ended up succeeding. Nice. So what about today, Liam? What's an exciting project or focus you're, you're working on? Yeah, so we're thinking about how we can help patients in you know much broader context outside of pharma. And so one of the areas that we're pretty excited about is more specifically Medicare Advantage. And so what we're saying is that you know, there's a whole bunch of folks that have chronic health conditions, and there are different things that impact their health outcomes. And a couple of the things that impact how well they recover or how well they do in the long term is are things like cognitive impairment and depression. So if someone has a bit of cognitive impairment, they're going to forget to take their meds. They're going to forget to go to the doctor's appointment or monitor their blood sugars effectively. If they're depressed, they might be apathetic. So there's all these sort of mental health things that impact someone's health. And what we're saying is that we can help identify those people much quicker. We can do that remotely. Um, and then so we can help Medicare Advantage plans pinpoint who could benefit from extra care, whether that extra care be home care or extra physio, et cetera. And so we're quite excited by that. A very simple way to get ahead of, of potential problems. Exactly. And, and at what point of the interaction with the, the, the person on Medicare Advantage would you guys be inserted? I think there's several points. So I, I think the most obvious is sort of the yearly wellness visit. I think that's a natural point. Many of these plans also have uh, call centers where they you know, check up on, on, on people in their plans. And, and so, you know, our technology doesn't just work over iPhones or iPads. It can also work over a telephone call. So that could be something that patients could opt into. So I think there's a lot of different touch points and we're sort of exploring those right now. Very cool. Very cool. Definitely exciting. And so thinking through what opportunity we have in this space, listeners, is paying attention to companies like Liam's, Winter Light Labs, taking these these initiatives to the next level to make them real. Voice is definitely a powerful biomarker and, and one that we should consider. And so getting close to the end of our time here with Liam, this part of the podcast, we're going to do a syllabus 
So Liam, I'm going to ask you a couple questions in a lightning round, and then we'll follow that with a book you recommend to the listeners. You ready? Yeah. All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare? I think the best way is really making sure that incentives are aligned with the best interests of the patient. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? I think business development in healthcare takes a long time, and so I recommend not pivoting too soon. Great advice. How do you stay relevant despite constant change? Really, it's about reading a lot, listening to customers, clinicians, and patients. What's one area of focus that drives everything in your organization? Ultimately, it's just about you know, improving outcomes, whether it's patient outcomes or clinical trial outcomes. That's our focus. Love it. These next two are a little more on a personal note. What's your number one health habit? So I'm a huge fan of exercise and running. And I personally love running because it's so portable. And so even if yeah. you travel frequently, you can still run, whether you're in Boston, Chicago, or Toronto, and it works at any time of the year. That's awesome. And how about your number one success habit? I'd say forming habits, like just sort of in general is really important. Doing things on a regular basis removes that level of difficulty. If you just do it frequently, it doesn't, you don't think of it as being difficult anymore. Love it. What book would you recommend, Liam? So this might be a bit controversial, but I think sort of in the last year, one of the books that I've really enjoyed was Bad Blood about Theranos. It was credible page turner, but I think our industry often focuses on success. And I think what I liked about this book is, I mean, it was really engaging, but it also sort of highlighted a incredibly dishonest company that failed hard. Mm. And I think there's a lot of, there's a lot to learn around that story. It's an excellent cautionary tale, obviously for investors, but also for employees, for founders in, in, in the health space, that creating a business from scratch is really difficult. Creating a business in healthcare is probably in order of magnitude more difficult. And I think, you know, even though this book is, is focused on Theranos. I think it highlights a lot of the challenges that you face in healthcare, you know, whether it's, you know, pivoting to different business models, regulatory. And I think it sort of highlights a lot of these issues in a more engaging way. So, I mean, ultimately, like I would, I would, I would recommend the book for your listeners. Great, great recommendation there, Liam. Folks, you could find that recommendation as well as an entire transcript to today's interview. Just go to outcomesrocket.health. And in the search bar, type in Liam Kaufman, or you could type in Winterlight Labs. You'll find all of the resources we discussed there today. So Liam, I love if you could just leave us with the closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could get in touch with you. For sure. So I've seen tremendous change in pharma over just the last 12 months. There's a lot of interest um, in digital biomarkers and digital endpoints. So I think we're going to see a lot of announcements this year, but especially in, in 2020, as a lot of these technologies become you know, used in, in clinical trials. And I can be reached at uh, Liam at winterlightlabs.com. Outstanding, Liam. Hey, really appreciate you spending time with us today and excited to see the next step you guys take in the development of this. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.